0: You have found the Behind the Lines podcast presented by BetMGM for the NFL week number eight. My name is Steven Andres, managing editor at thelines.com. Joined each and every week by Christian Cipollini, trading manager over at BetMGM. In this episode, we will look back at the week that was betting in week seven in the NFL, the biggest public wins, the biggest public losses. We will also look ahead to the early week lines, spreads, and totals over at BetMGM for week number eight, and discuss where Christian has the top of the NFC at this point after the 49ers take another loss on Monday Night Football against the Vikings. Christian, uh, we are Nervous Rex ahead of our Phillies playing in Game 7 as we record this on Tuesday morning, so we'll see how that goes, but uh, we will try to be professionals and get through that and compartmentalize our emotional feelings right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's stressed, stressed. (laughs) (laughs)
0: he's stressed he's stressed but it was a good day at your office over the weekend that's for sure it seems because uh from what i understand another really good week for the book and a really bad week for the public in week seven
1: yeah well i'm stressed the book uh has not been for the last two weeks those were definitely the two best weeks uh that we had uh the the one o'clock slate must have tore everyone up because we got almost almost perfect outcomes we were a colts went away from a Perfect six for six outcome, but all wow. the, all the games went our way. Even the Colts just covering everyone was on the Browns still there too. So yeah, it was uh, definitely a bloodbath for the public this week.
0: And if you think five leg parlays pay well for the public, imagine what a five leg parlay pays for the book when they hit that. So congrats <laughs> yeah. to the book, please. Not too much pain the rest of the season, sir. What were some of the biggest public losses? Uh, you mentioned one o'clock window, I assume some of these favorites that went down were were part of it.
1: Yeah, the Patriots uh, was obviously a big outcome there. Giants were good too. Bears, we were taking a ton of Raiders money. Uh, ton of really? Ton of, yeah, we were. I, I guess I would. I was thinking the same thing because it's Brian Hoyer, but D two quarterback on the team that's you know been awful the past two seasons. I guess had people trending oh to Vegas, and that was one we we had like seventy five percent of the money on Vegas. So
0: come on, yeah, had, man.
1: On Chicago. All right, uh,
0: timeout, 30-second timeout, first day of NBA season. I'm taking a 30 for a public service <laughs> announcement. People, what are you doing laying a field goal on the road with Josh McDaniels? You literally saw that the pride of Shepherd University in West Virginia, who played colleges that my – Dumbass high school friends went to it, like Bloomsburg and Slippery Rock and like Central Connecticut State and the University of Phoenix and the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Like, this is it, doesn't matter. Josh McDaniels is a train wreck. He's still kicking field goals down three possessions late in the second half. Like, stop betting Josh McDaniels as a favorite, especially when Brian Hoyer is in the game. What are you doing? We have enough at this point to not do that. Please, for the love of God, like just pick any other side that week, never lay points with Josh McDaniels. I feel better. <laughs>
1: there you go. Good <laughs> advice.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, man. I that's shocking to me. All right. Well, were, was there any silver lining in week seven? Was there, was there anything that at least got the public a few wins here?
1: Yeah. The, the four o'clock window was a lot better. Uh, Seattle, um and uh, the Chiefs were the two that uh, ended up being okay, and then definitely some people. Um, we were a little bit mixed on Sunday night, but there was certainly a lot of people on the Eagles, so that one was okay. Uh, last night, of course, was another great one for the book too. But Sunday night, four o'clock window, you were able to get a little bit back. Hopefully,
0: yeah, I I will say this. You know, the the traditional. They call it the Wong teaser after Mr. Wong, who came up with it at Stanford and and found it to be long-term profitable. The Wong teaser, when teasing down favorites through seven and three, I've had a really tough stretch the past couple of weeks here. And I've certainly been a personal victim of it. Um, You know, last week, the Eagles losing as a touchdown favorite Uh, this week, both the bills and the 49ers uh, were bad teaser options. They go down outright and, and don't cover those teaser legs. So It seems at least, you know, seven weeks into the season that teasing underdogs up in these very low total games is is a better way to go than teasing these favorites down who have some injury issues. So um, I think the Bills and the 49ers in particular were great evidence for the novice betters out there to keep an eye on the injury report because it may not be the quarterback who's hurt, but – When the left tackle and the number one wide receiver for the 49ers is down, that makes a difference. When the Bills are losing three of their most important defensive players and Josh Allen is banged up, that's important. You know, availability is the best ability you can have in the NFL. It's like a cliche that a bunch of coaches say in the NFL. The best ability you can have is availability. And as betters, we need to pay attention to the injury report, maybe more than anything, before we start handicapping. So um, just keep that in mind. Okay, Christian, let's start looking ahead here to week number eight and the spreads uh, and totals over at BetMGM. And let's start with the aforementioned Bills who have a Thursday night game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this one in Buffalo.
1: Yeah, they got to be right back at it after that tough loss, but they're eight and a half point favorites again, this time at home with a 42 and a half point total.
0: And this moved the point, I think, in the past 24 hours. We're recording uh, Tuesday morning right now, and there was that Baker Mayfield news that he did not practice on Monday. Ian Rappaport came out and said that it's not a concern he's going to play. It was more just rest and maintenance. He was a little bit sore. Um, but nevertheless, the line moved the point off of that, I believe, pretty much, right?
1: Yep, yep. Yeah, I started at 7.5. We're up to 8.5 now.
0: Okay, so I- – I'm, I'm not laying more than a touchdown with the Bills right now, ever, with the way their defense looks, with the unknown and uncertainty with Josh Allen. It would only be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game. Um, I'm thinking about it. I haven't bet it yet. You can keep an eye on the lines.com Discord channel to see if either myself or anybody else on our staff is going to make a bet on this Thursday night game. Um, top right-hand corner of the homepage, you can find the icon and click on it. It's, it's free to join. Uh, let's move ahead here to Sunday now, Christian, and the early 1 o'clock Eastern time kickoffs for Week 8.
1: Yeah, Rams at Cowboys. Cowboys are 6.5-point favorites at home, 45.5-point total. Vikings-Packers. Uh, this one is a pick em right now. Uh, we have the Vikings as uh, slightly the favorite there at, at minus 1, but but on the money line we're at a pick em. Uh and that total is 43. Falcons-Titans. Dawkins are 2.5-point favorites on the road with a a 36.5-point total, one of the lowest of the week. There's a lot of low totals this week, too. Mm. Uh, Saints at Colts. Colts are 1-point favorites with a a 43.5-point total. Patriots, Dolphins. Dolphins are 9.5-point favorites at home with a 47-point total. Jets, Giants. Jets are 3-point road favorites with a a 36.5-point total. Eagles, Commanders, Eagles are six and a half point favorites on the road with a 43 and a half point total. And the last one of the one o'clocks, Texans, Panthers, Texans are three point favorites on the road with a 43 point total.
0: Two games in this window with totals of 36 and a half, basically, with Atlanta and Tennessee and the New York teams. Like, why don't we just trot Army-Navy out there and play them instead? Like, it's basically <laughs> what this has devolved into in the NFL. We have all these rules that are supposed to help offenses. And, Christian, in my opinion, this league has a quarterback problem right now because it's the, the, the rules aren't helping. And we have totals lower than we've seen in a very long time
1: yeah unders are on uh I don't know the exact numbers but unders are are flying under this entire season it's been an under season and I mean you see it in the totals like last week I think there was two totals maybe three over 44 and a half and it's similar this week that we barely I mean last few seasons ago I feel like we had tons of totals in the 50s and I we've barely seen any over the past couple of weeks
0: yeah I I need to a- look into this, you know, talk to some other people that are smarter than me. Um, I think it's a combination, not just of the quarterback play, but also the the increase of, of too high safety looks that are defenses are content to just take away any explosive plays by, if you want to throw it deep, you're throwing it into double coverage with safety help. So um, I think that's part of it as well here. Um, I do want to ask you about um, just – the Minnesota Vikings after what we saw on Monday night football against the 49ers. And you said this game's basically a pick 'em right now at BetMGM MGM on the look ahead line. The Vikings were plus two and a half. So it seems like a combination of both you as the odds makers and the market and the sharp betters have decided if we take home field advantage away, we need to bump the Vikings back up to being better than the green Bay Packers at this point, uh, which would at least at minimum by estimations make them a league average team to slightly above average, which is not what we've seen from the Vikings rating the past couple of weeks after they lost Justin Jefferson.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was even talks that they'd be getting close to shutting it down and, and trading Kirk, but they've kind of uh, resurged. This one, though, is a little bit of a combo of both. Um, the Packers, pretty much, uh, you're mandatory to go down in points if you lose to the, bu- to the Broncos. So, uh, combo of the Vikings looked good, the Packers looked bad, so that kind of brought this in a little bit here. But, yeah, I mean, there's that offense for the Vikings is – Without a doubt, good. I mean, they've been, they've showed this over the season. It's the defense that's kind of had question marks and they've lost close games. Last season, they won almost every game that was close. And this season it's been the opposite. So.
0: And Monday night they get the turnovers to go their way instead of completely against them. Like we saw the first month of the season, they pull off the upset and don't look now the Vikings right now would be the number eight team in the NFC top seven, get in obviously. And you're still getting a pretty good price, pretty good plus money price, if you want to bet the Vikings to make the playoffs. Their schedule is about as easy as you know teams like the Saints and the Falcons the rest of the way. Uh, they still do have two games on the schedule late in the season against Detroit, but it's quite possible that Week 18 game against Detroit, they're going to sit everybody. So that might only be one team against one game against Detroit starters. The rest of the schedule, you know, over the next month here, at the Packers this week, at Atlanta versus New Orleans those two games against those two NFC South teams are going to be huge for potential tiebreakers for the wild card for whoever doesn't win the NFC South uh, between those two teams most likely and still have a game against the Bears still have a game against the Raiders uh, two games left against the Packers actually this is a very manageable schedule now for the Vikings after they start three and four and lose games to the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Chargers to start the year really opens up now for them um, so I might be looking at some midseason futures here on the Vikings just to, to play this upswing. And we don't know when Justin Jefferson comes back. It's probably another month before he comes back if the initial reports of six weeks were correct, but they get him late in the season as well. Uh, this is wheels up for potentially getting a wild card spot for Minnesota. So just wanted to, to mention that as well. Uh, okay, Christian, late window, four o'clock Eastern time kickoffs here in week eight.
1: Yeah, Seahawks-Browns, Seahawks are three-point home favorites with a 40-point total. Chiefs-Broncos, Chiefs are seven-and-a-half-point favorites on the road with a 45-and-a-half-point total. Ravens-Cardinals, Ravens are eight-and-a-half-point road favorites with a 44-point total. And the last of the four o'clocks, Bengals-49ers, where 49ers are five-and-a-half-point home favorites with a 45-and-a-half-point total.
0: Uh, my esteemed colleague, Eli Hershkovich, has a bet In the Chiefs-Broncos game, you can go listen to the Beat the Closing Number podcast to see how he sees this one breaking down. After a couple of weeks ago, the Broncos were 10.5, 11-point road underdogs to the Chiefs, this time flipping home field, and we're just a little over a touchdown now at this point. Um, This San Francisco line, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what the Bengals are. I've been skeptical of them despite the couple of wins they've had. They haven't really been all that impressive, but the 49ers, you saw what that offense looks like when they're not at full health. So we'll see if Trent Williams and Debo Samuel plays. Um, Mo Nawara on our staff made an interesting point that maybe you just play alt lines on this game because if the Niners don't look healthy again, then maybe just the, the Bengals win outright. And if they are healthy, maybe they win by two touchdowns. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes on that one. But um, let's move ahead here to the primetime window, Christian, Sunday night and Monday night football in week eight.
1: Yeah, they're killing us here. We got two two uh, tough ones bears at chargers chargers are eight and a half point favorites at home uh 46 and a half point total on sunday night and then monday night is raiders lions where lions are seven and a half point home favorites with a 45 point total
0: this is a prime time window that the schedule makers made beginning of the year when everybody bought chicago into being potentially a a spunky dark horse wild card team and the Raiders. Well, they still have you know Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Maybe they'll be competitive too. Now we have a couple of stinkers here with big touchdown favorites here. I do have concerns though about the Chargers. I did bet the Bears on the look ahead plus ten and a half here. It's still uh, over a touchdown. Um, Mo actually came back and just bet minus eight and a half on the Chargers. So. Um, He has a different opinion than me. You can, again, go listen to Beat the Closing Number to hear his opinion on that if you would like. Um, I just think something's off with the Chargers offense. I don't buy it. I don't think this is a top-10 offense that everybody thought it would be. And obviously, we know their defense isn't all that great either. So the Bears quietly over the past three weeks. Now, I know they haven't played a tough schedule over the past three weeks. But over the past three weeks, the Bears defense is number three in the NFL in success rate allowed. That's really impressive. Obviously, they've played a a very easy schedule, so maybe they're not that good, but they're healthy and they're playing a lot better than what we saw in September, and I think we need to account for that. And for me, at this point, never betting the Chargers to win by more than a touchdown with what we've seen. Um, Detroit's playing on Monday night, Christian, so let's wrap things up here with a quick comment on the state of the NFC. Because... I took some bonus bets over at BetMGM and fired Lions Super Bowl Futures after the loss to the Baltimore Ravens. And I did that for really two reasons. Number one, if you look at the Lions' schedule, it is easy. Raiders, Chargers, two games left against the Bears, two games left against the Vikings. They have a Green Bay game in there, Denver, and then their toughest game is going to be Week 17 at Dallas. The second reason I fired it is because if you look at the quarterbacks in the NFC, there is no Mahomes. There is no Burrow. There is no Lamar Jackson. You can go further down the list. There is no Trevor Lawrence. It's, there is no Justin Herbert. It's, it's Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, and Jared Goff. So I think the NFC is even more wide open than what we thought it was, especially if the 49ers are going to be banged up. Now, there's a long time between now and the end of the year, but the the path for the Lions to get the number one seed is wide open. So that's the bet I have. But the question I want to ask you is after the Niners took another loss, I know they're still among the favorites in Super Bowl futures. That's in part because of the money that's already in the market. But right now, for this week only, Who are you power rating as the number one team in the NFC?
1: So yeah, the book and me will have two different uh, opinions on here. The book is still having the 49ers uh, slightly ahead of the Eagles, and then it goes Cowboys, and then a little bit later is the Lions, and then it, it drops off a bit from there. Um, a lot of that goes with, you know, who will get the number one seat is what we're talking about here. So the 49ers are still favorite there. Uh, for us, I mean, the way, obviously, you know, sometimes we can be a bit reactionary, uh, but it's really neck and neck, I'd say, between the Eagles and the 49ers. This week, I think the Eagles obviously look better, but things change and the 49ers could look better. So for this week, I'd go Eagles, 49ers, I guess, I guess Cowboys, but that hurts Lions. Uh, but yeah, close. I, I'm 100% with you in that I think it all comes down to who can get the one seed. And the Lions do have a good case to be able to get there, as you just pointed out. Uh, I know the 49ers and the Eagles both have a pretty hard schedule ahead of them. So yeah, if that path gets there, I don't have the exact numbers on what happens when you get the number one seed. But most of the time, you end up in the Super Bowl. It's so significant to have that buy and home field advantage. And a, a lot of times... That one and back when there was one and two seeds got to buy, one of those teams would end up in the Super Bowl most of the time. So it is really significant, and it'll probably come, the NFC will probably come down to who's the one seed.
0: And I would argue even more significant if the Lions were to get it because of what we've seen with Jared Goff's indoor versus outdoor splits. When he's playing outdoors on the road, especially in January with potentially cold and wind versus what we've seen of him. Now on two different teams playing inside in the dome in perfect conditions. So that's part of the handicap for me, too. Um, Last check, I saw the Lions were 9-1 to to earn the number one seed in the NFC. I think that might have adjusted since the 49ers lost on Monday night. So, uh, But they still are most likely going to be the third choice behind the Eagles and the 49ers. For those out there thinking about making that bet if there is a tie in record at the end of the year, the Lions don't play the Eagles or the 49ers this year. So the tiebreaker would then become conference record. The Niners have one loss in the conference. The Eagles have not lost in the conference and the Lions have one loss in the conference to Seattle. So keep that in mind as we go. The Eagles and Niners, one of those teams is going to take another conference loss because they play each other in week 13 going to be maybe the game of the year but uh, oh, yeah. I agree with your opinion Christian over the book still that I think the Eagles are slightly ahead of the, the 49ers especially if the 49ers are going to have some banged up offensive pieces but the gap down to the Lions is not very big and the price is right for me and that's why I fired some Super Bowl features with those bonus bets so yeah um, I'd yet. say
1: the gap the gap is less so than the book is having it I would say at the, at the moment I would at least in my opinion there I think they definitely have a better chance then we're set, but then we're projecting them, I guess, at the moment.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And if they do get the number one seed, there is no gap, in my opinion. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, but it's going to be a really interesting race in the NFC the rest of the way. Uh, it's going to be a complete bloodbath in the AFC. I mean, I, it's probably the Chiefs still, but... Everybody looks really good there of the top four or five teams. So um, I think AFC is probably the favorite in the Super Bowl, whoever gets there. But the NFC is going to be interesting just because it's so, so wide open. Christian, as always, thank you so much for the insight, the the behind-the-scenes look from the book, and also your personal opinion on some of these things. It's really insightful, really helpful for the audience each and every week. And for those of you out there, let us know in the comments, if you're watching on YouTube, who do you like this week in Week 8? How do you see the landscape of the NFC? Have you fired any Super Bowl futures or awards bets the rest of the way here? Um, And Any questions you have, I'd be happy to check out the comments middle of this week and, and answer some of those as well for you if you would like. For Christian Cipollini, I'm Stephen Andres. Thanks for watching Behind the Lines, presented by BetMGM.